For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and that means leading the line from the front wearing the captain's armband is Cole. So Cole, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, really good, Dan. You know, enjoying this, um, you know, streak that we're on at the moment. You know, not conceding goals, not losing games. <laughs> I mean, this is something new and something to behold, isn't it? Um, but yeah, been good, uh, but just hoping to get back to, to what we want and watching some Spurs finally. Yes, Cole. I'm sure everyone shares your sentiment there. Right, James is on a scouting trip this week. So, James, I hope all is well, mate, and I look forward to having you on the show again soon. Thankfully, though, we have a very talented squad and two other talents are in the fold tonight. Returning this week is Holly. Holly, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. I hope you've been keeping safe these past couple of months. Yeah, it's great to be back. Like I say, I always love coming and jumping on the Coys.com podcast. It's great. But yeah, hopefully to get back to some normality soon and watching some Tottenham. Well, also joining us tonight and returning to the show is Patrick. Patrick, a pleasure to have you on as always. How have you been keeping, mate? Oi, oi, what's happening, people? I'm all good, thanks. Been in the gym, working out, just ready to go. As soon as they, they, they blow the whistle, you know, I'm coming in from the sidelines, coming in strong. Let's go. OK, before we undertake Project Podcast Restart, let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect all the talking points and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Common Use Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM. And we're on all the major audio platforms, that's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You name it, we're on there. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business begins with a couple of listeners' questions. So thanks for sending those in, guys. Big thanks first to Chenk THFC, who offers this question. Carl, you're in charge of the purse this summer, or whenever the off-season is. What do you think is the top priority in terms of positional recruitment? Uh, well, I think obviously now, Dan, give, given everything that's gone on and the fact that we'll probably see a massive change in the way clubs are going to think about their transfer activity, you know, you've got to you've got to expect there's going to be limited numbers of deals happening. So I think if we looked at our current squad right now and said, you know, if you only had a couple of positions you can make changes to, what are they? I think for me, I'd have to go for both fullbacks, you know, left and right back. I think that would be the priority signings. Um, I think if we can get ourselves to kind of like real dynamic, you know, fullbacks going forward, I think we've probably got a decent enough squad around that. But for me, they're the weak links that, you know, given the way things could plan out going forward, I can't see us doing too many deals. Um, and I think, you know, our, our lovable Mr. Levy will take any opportunity not to spend some cash, won't he? So this could be perfect. But two full backs, right and left back. Um, and, and I think from there we can try and build and get ourselves a bit more solid. And hopefully now we've got players back fit, given a bit of a refresh, you know, we can we can start charging and they can sort of, you know, get themselves back playing some good football. So they'd be the two positions I'd look to strengthen. Holly, is that something that you would agree with? Do you have a slightly different opinion? I don't need a name as such, but looking at the squad, what do you feel is the first department that needs to be looked at? I 100% agree. I mean, for me, definitely right back above left back. I know Davies obviously hasn't had much game time in recent weeks. I mean, nobody has, but you know what I mean? As obviously, he came back from injury 
and he didn't have much time on the pitch. But for me, 100% got to be right back. It's it's a bit of a liability for me and I'd just like to see a new right back come in personally. Yes, Holly, I think a lot of people would take that stance actually. If you gave everyone a shopping list, admittedly there are other departments to solve, but I think right back would be right at the top of many. However, Patrick, I've got another question. It's from At The Coy's Life and he asks, if and when the season is played out and we don't unfortunately, or if we don't unfortunately return to the Champions League, do you think this is the point in which Harry Kane moves on? No, I don't think so. I think given the circumstances and the way this whole 2020 has, has, has panned out, I think Kane would stay at least another season. I do honestly believe that you know Kane is Tottenham through and through. So as long as we're matching his ambition and showing that we have that desire to win trophies and take it to the next level, that he will stay with us. But because of how things have unfolded this year, I don't think so. But if next year, you know, there's a full season and we don't make Champions League football, at least win a trophy, then I think he'll start to question, you know, the hierarchy and and, and maybe push for a move. But as it stands, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. So, Cole, I know we've discussed this topic on another football podcast, but I just want you to share your Kane views and how the transfer market now looks like it has changed for the dramatic. I'd agree with Patrick there that I think given obviously everything that's gone on and the fact that, you know, when you look right now, I don't think there's going to be many clubs putting their toe in the water to kind of, you know, start throwing out 150, nearly 200 mil transfer fees. So I I honestly believe now, I think given everything that's happened, Kane will stay for one more season. As Patrick says, we'll see this season to a close. Then I think he'll give us next season as well. Um, but I do believe that, again, you know, uh, I say I exactly share what Patrick said here. If come the following season, we haven't got back in the Champions League, if we haven't made it, we haven't won a trophy and we're not pushing any closer to that kind of like, you know, being in the title race, then I do believe he'll come back and say, right, listen, I think I've given you as much as I can now. You're not going to match my ambitions clearly. And then I think he would start to pursue a move. But yeah, I believe, you know, with everything that's gone on with COVID, I don't think teams are going to splash the sort of money that you'd need to splash to get Harry Kane. And I think he will probably want to say, I'm just happy to sit here for a minute, see how things pan out in terms of situations around the world and and that, and then go from there. So I'd agree completely with what Patrick said there. Yeah, I'd have to agree, Cole. I think with the way the world is right now, the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. There's too much of a state of flux, and I think Kay might think, actually, now's probably not the time to try something new. With that in mind, Holly, obviously the circumstance around it is awful, and I'm not sort of trying to sort of lessen anything that's happened in the last two months, but have Tottenham been played an incredibly good hand in terms of their potential transfer dealings? Because now, all of a sudden, their talisman looks like he could be staying for at least another 12 months. I think so, yeah. It's, it's obviously... <laughs> A really bad time for everyone, but it's somehow out of everything we've come out lucky, which is a really strange spin to put on such a bad situation like COVID is at the moment. But yeah, I think so. In terms of the fact you look at Harry Kane and we've all said respectively what's happened will mean he probably won't leave next season. But I think he would have stayed out another season anyway, personally. I think the definite question is when he will leave, because I think if it carries on like it will, as in... We're trying to push for trophies, but nothing's really happening. I think he could go, and I wouldn't really blame him for going either. In respect to how COVID has happened, I think, yes, it has helped us again because obviously, like, Sonny had to go off and do military service and all that. Now he's back and he's fit again after breaking his arm. The same with Harry Kane, he's fit again. So, yeah, I think in terms of squad fitness as well, if the Prem does come back, which is another another question in itself, I think it has done us a favour, which in 
a really weird situation. Like it, it's quite a good thing for us, which is really strange. Yeah, of course. No one's going to be asking for a global pandemic in March to halt the season. With that said, Patrick, the cards we have been dealt have been very favourable. We do seem to be in the best position to go again if we do go again. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it looks like the squad's refreshed. All of our batteries have been charged. Like like Holly was saying, Kane's back. Suzoko as well. He was a key loss. He's now back. Stevie B's back. Sonny's back. So we're actually looking really stacked now, which is... um. It's a strange one because you know no, no one wanted the season to to hold you know come to a halt the way it did, but it has actually we're probably one of the luckiest teams in that sense that we've got everyone fit and raring to go now. Obviously, Cole, some fans will take umbrage to the fact that we've got our best players back. Is it fair? Who knows? You know that could be argued until the uh, data's in tonight. But you know that is just the way the cards have been dealt here, and I think people have got to be just grateful that football looks like it's coming back. And if that's how it's going to be, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we quite rightly say, don't we, that, you know, given given where we were looking and how we were playing at the time just before this happened, you would have said, well, I, I didn't fancy us to make that top four place the way things were going. Now that everyone can recharge their batteries, you've got Kane back, Son back, you know, all those players who've been refreshed and almost had kind of like another mini pre-season to get some fitness you know you know undum you know undum belly you know we could see a resurgence in him now given that he's had this little break and a chance to get fully fit and and get his problems out of the way so we are in a really strong position the only thing you have to accept and i think we probably all have to agree is that when football does start again i still think there'll be a little bit of a lottery as to how things go because you know, those teams that have got nothing on the line and are kind of like on the beach as such, they're safe, they're not going down. We don't know how they're going to come back. Will they be fully putting some effort in? You know, are players really keen? Will they be putting everything in? I think we'll see some kind of like first day results again at some point. Well, I think we'll see some, you know, those first couple of games as everyone's getting back into it. I don't think there's no form. So that could all go out the window and we could see some surprising results. But if we do the right things and we've got ourselves, you know, renewed and refreshed, we could be in a really good position to make sure we have a great shot at making that top four. And if we do, then, you know, we have to say, well, as we say, this has been horrible, but what a favour it's done us. And for once, some massive luck there. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about luck usually with Spurs and being Spurs and all that, we usually have very bad luck. So the fact we've had a very fortunate hand is not something to turn down. Of course, the circumstances are awful and it's not to lessen anything which has happened across here or the world in the last two months. But footballing-wise, we do seem to be quite fortunate. And I think, you know, if we were given this opportunity in March to reboot the season, we'd all take it. And with that in mind, Holly, we are only four points off of a potential Champions League place. That is if Man City's ban gets upheld. Nine matches to go, a fully fit squad. In theory, can we hunt that gap down and get back in the Champions League? I mean, it's been a crazy season, so I wouldn't write anything off. Like, I'm going to try and be optimistic and say yes. I mean, looking at pitches and training from today and the last couple of days, I mean, I don't know how Ndombele is wearing a hat. But anyway, he looks a lot <laughs> slimmer. He looks a lot fitter. And like I say, if everybody in the squad is putting a shift in, why, why can't we go and try and compete for that UCL spot? Yeah, I think you have to be optimistic. And why not? Let's look forward. But I think, obviously, in March, you're four points behind, but you've got an incredibly depleted squad. And it feels like you're never going to get that points margin back. With that said, a full squad, raring to go, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be done. So, Patrick, like I said, nine-game season, hit the reboot button. Can we get Man United? 
Yeah, I really believe we can. I mean, if everyone's fit, hungry and raring to go, the Celso, hopefully, you know, he was looking really sharp when things came to a halt. Jose will be refreshed as well. Uh, all the defenders hopefully have been working together. And it's given us time because when Jose first came in, he didn't actually have any time to work with the team because we had a game like every two or three days. So, you know, if things come back and, you know, trainers have been doing their bit, uh, sorry, the players have been doing their bit, then, yeah, it, I, I am I am quite optimistic. I really am. With a fully fit uh, team and everyone hopefully on the same page, uh, then, yeah, we should. I think we can hopefully do it. Holly, I'll throw this one back to you. Now, it's only four points, but let's be honest, we weren't playing great in March. And of course, the mitigating circumstance there was the fact that we had loads of injuries. Now, with everyone back, it's not quite as simple as on you go. Do you still feel there's some fundamental issues at play that Jose Mourinho will need to solve? 100%. I mean, like, we all watched it those last couple of games before everything shut down. And it wasn't great. But like we said, we did have, if we're going to use it as an excuse, we did have a lot of injuries. Um, I don't know whether Jose's had enough time, like Patrick was saying, to round everyone up and to try and start playing football the, the way that we want to watch rather than trying to stack it behind and try and defend, which honestly wasn't worth trying in the first place. Um, whether he can turn that around and actually we can start playing some nice football again, I don't know. But like I said, with this massive break, maybe it is the big turnaround we needed to get everyone fit again, to be able to like the creativity that Lacelso was starting to show. Hopefully with Sonny back now and Kane, like the link play will be back there. So I don't know. Yeah, let's be optimistic. And I reckon with Lacelso with Sonny and Kane now, I think the link up play would be a lot better. Now, Patrick, if we return, when we return, whatever way you look at it, can you see Tottenham being pragmatic? Or now we've got a multitude of attacking talent back and ready to play, will it be a case of being gung-ho and giving the fans something to cheer about from the safety of their own armchairs? Yeah, I hope we do go a bit gung-ho. I mean, in Jose's defence, when, when he first came in, I mean, you know, we were yes, we were shipping in goals, but we were also scoring a lot of goals. We scored three against West Ham, five against Burnley, you know, uh, quite a few in the Champions League as well. It's just that once we got a few players injured and we kind of lost our rhythm, then... We did look a bit, yeah, we were all we were all over the place. So hopefully with everyone fit, as we've all been saying, and everyone on the same hymn sheet, I do think we can score some goals. It's just whether defensively we can, you know, click and stop conceding, you know, from silly errors. And then I, then I think we'll be OK. Now, Carl, Project Restart, we've spoken about this to death. I think everyone has, in all fairness. Now, although the Premier League hasn't actually got a date going yet, there is still the... I guess the intention to want to get going, which is a crumb of comfort for people who want to see the season finished. Do you get the feeling now it's a case of when and not if? With that in mind, do you envisage football starting in about three, four weeks' time? Yeah, I think so now, Dan. I think especially given the fact that the German league's back up and running, um, you know, I, I honestly think the Premier League were basically waiting to see. And obviously, if the German league had got back up and running and had a, you know, kind of catastrophe first week or suddenly now, you know, no, they, they were seeing the problem with what they were doing, then I think that could have put the end to the project restart. But Germany's got up and running. It looks to be working and everything looks OK. We've got the test going. Um, and although we've had, you know, I think it's now um, nine people test positive in the grand scheme of things in numbers wise, you know, it's like something like 0.02%. Um, so I think now it is just a case of when, if not, you know, is it going to happen? I think it's definitely going to happen. Um, it's now just get the date there, um, get everything put in place, you know, make find, you know, define 
what's going to happen, how it's going to run, you know, and everything that goes on. You know, I don't need. You've still got to determine the fact that home and away needs to be played and stuff like that. But it, it it will happen now, I believe. So I think we'll definitely see some football, and we'll see the season brought to an end. Patrick, in terms of incomings, it looks like the club's hierarchy might be changing as well because a director of football role has been once again mooted. Luis Campos is the name on everyone's lips, and it's fair to say it's getting fans very excited. Now, we've tried this before as a club. David Pleat, Damien Camoli, they failed both times. With that said, do you think it's time to give this idea another go? Yeah, I really hope so. I really hope that we can get in a top-quality director of football. Obviously, Campos fits that mould. The fact that he's he's somebody who prides himself in in discovering you know hidden, ge- hidden gems, so to speak, and bringing them in. Uh, but it just depends if... If, he, if a DOF does come in, will Levy step back and allow him to take some control? Because if not, and it just pretty much is like the before, then it's pointless. But I do be, I do hope that we can get a director of football in and Levy can kind of step back a bit and let that guy, you know, take control of, of things behind the scenes. Holly, it might sound simple, but if we get Campos in, surely then that leaves Jose Mourinho to simply go and win football matches for us. I mean, yeah, you'd like to think so, obviously, if he's not got that burden of having to think of negotiations or people that he wants in and he's leaving it to one guy. You would think that his soul, energy and all of his might would go into coaching the team and making the team better. So yeah, I can't see it as a as a negative thing of, with a director coming in. But like you say, it's whether the man at the top, Mr Levy, will let him do what he needs to do. Carl, in terms of the director of football, I guess this is a question more wider for English football, but as a club ourselves... Why is there always a distrust in terms of the director of football role? It's never really sort of been warmly taken as much as the Europeans. Admittedly, that recruitment angle has come into more prominence in the last few years, but it's always a bit of a, oh, no, I don't know about the director of football. We might get in the way. Why is that? I, I, I kind of wonder whether it's sometimes, isn't it? We like to think that we've got a manager who does everything in this country and, you know, the manager has the final say on everything. He runs it all. He does everything. Um, and, and you kind of think, well, we want to know that the players being brought in and the players that the manager wants. Um, and there's, you know, we've seen previous um, examples in the past where you kind of get the impression that the director and football and manager don't have the greatest relationship and suddenly it's players are being brought in and you kind of hear little murmurings from a manager as if to sort of say like, well, you know, if, if I had my players, it'd be different. So I think it's just been that element where it's making sure that the director of football and the manager have this great relationship where they obviously both know and want the same kind of things. You know, the director of football needs to make sure he's looking for the sort of players the manager wants. And they both kind of have the same similar views on players and the sort of players they like. Um, if you've got two people who have completely different views on the game and what they're looking for in a footballer, then it won't work. Um, and I think that's probably been, we've probably seen more examples of it foul here the more examples of it working. I think most you know, foreign coaches and managers in other countries are happy to be considered the coach, aren't they? You know, I am just a coach. I, give, I get given players and I work with them and I do what I need to with them, where we've over the years seen it more like, no, we've got managers and those managers run everything. Um, but from what we hear about this guy who could be coming in, him and Mourinho have got a great relationship. As Patrick said, he's scouted some fabulous players. You know, if you look at the list of players that this guy has spotted and and kind of helped move to clubs, if he can bring in just a couple of those type players, then we, we could we could have something good on our hands. But 
I guess in our case as well, we've just seen the recent pass with Mitchell, haven't we, who was at the club and you know got from Southampton, who you know found some real gems, and we saw that fouled pretty quickly. But as the guys have said, it's great having a director of football. We need to make sure he's allowed to do his thing and he doesn't have his ad t- hands tied behind his back by the board and that they stop him putting in place what needs to be put in place. I guess with any director of football appointment, there's always the danger they become a puppet and you don't know who's pulling the strings. Is it the manager or is it the owner? That's going to be the problem if he comes in. If he does come in, you just hope that he's allowed to get on with his job, bring in new players, make the squad better, etc, etc. Now, obviously, transfers are going to sort of go on and that's going to be a topic that's going to roll for quite a bit. So let's part that for the foreseeable. I just want to move on to training. And Carl, obviously, we're now training in small groups. I guess the biggest point has been Eric Lamella's hair, but we won't sort of talk about that. I just want to get your take on what players will gain from training in small groups. Is it more just about maintaining a base level of fitness? Yeah, I think so. I think it's about just getting that level of fitness back up, isn't it? You know, work in small groups, focus on maybe some touch and stuff like that, because I think, you know, we've all probably played the game. And when you haven't kicked a ball in all seriousness for a while, you can suddenly go into that first game and find that your touch and everything is way off the mark. So I think the hope will be you just get these players back, get some sharpness going again, get that fitness up. And just hope that come, you know, the first day that those games kick off, you've done the right things because, you know, the majority of the stuff will come once you start playing games. But, you know, if they can do what they need to do um, in these small groups, then we just have to hope we're in the best position that when we go again, everyone's up and running. I think Eric, you know, Lamella was probably happy, wasn't he, that Serge went and got a haircut because that definitely took the limelight off of him, didn't it, for a few days. Yeah, we'll finish with Serge's haircut. So hold far on that one. But Patrick, I just want to bring it back to Harry Kane. Now, obviously, with the European Championships being postponed, cancelled, whatever, there's going to be a sense that we've been dealt another bonus because Harry Kane's always in that cycle of playing domestic football, then an international summer. You worry about whether he's going to pull a hamstring, whether for us, for England, all that kind of stuff, that cycle that never seems to end. Season, injured in season, disaster, etc., etc. That's now not going to be a thing. So that's going to set us in really good stead for the 2021 campaign, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's been, I would probably say we've been the luckiest club with what's happened with COVID in a really strange sort of circumstantial way. It means that we didn't have to rush Harry Kane back because there's no way Harry Kane is an animal and he wants to play in every game that he can do. So we would have had the feeling and obviously from what's happened in the past, he would have rushed back to try and get into a swing of things to potentially try and save our season and then also start gearing up for the Euros but with the fact that our season's been pushed back and there is no Euros it means he he he's had the time now behind the scenes to steadily build up and and you know work into it properly and then this this um string of games whenever they do restart there'll only be nine games and then he can have the summer off like you were saying so it has really worked in our favour so hopefully we do start to see the best of Kane again. Yes, the prospect of a fit and healthy Kane firing all cylinders next season is very exciting. However, Holly, we shouldn't look too far ahead because we've still got to finish this one. Now, for the Premier League to finish, concessions are going to have to be made. And the major one is playing behind closed doors. I mean, the fans are not going to be entering any stadiums this side of 2021. However, how much of a loss is home advantage going to be for Tottenham? I think it'll be turning, as weird as this sounds, I think it'll turn games into like a neutral atmosphere. Because you won't have... Um, our fans singing at, at the lane or 
when we go away, we won't have our travelling fans. I think it'll make every ground a neutral ground, as weird as that sounds. I think there won't really be any advantages to any team, apart from the fact that you're in your own home dressing room. I think that would be the only, the only say, positive from playing at home games. I, I just think it'd be a really weird scenario. Obviously, it's not a scenario we can, we can change at all. But yeah, I think it'd just be a neutral ground. I guess, Carl, now you're looking at the fixture list, because before it would be a case of, well, we've got five home matches, we can win X amount of those and maybe pick up some points on the road. Now, all of a sudden, like Holly says, it's not a case of losing home advantage, it's the fact that everything's neutral and all of a sudden those away fixtures become a bit more attractive and there could be scope for much more points on the road. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it will be really interesting to see how these behind, you know, closed doors games go because it's going to be eerie, isn't it? Those first couple to see what actually happens. Um, I, like I said earlier, I think one of the things that's going to really cause problems is, is in the sense that how the games actually go, because I do believe that those sides that don't have nothing to play for, I can't see them having that same motivation. You know, I do get the impression that they will definitely be just, we just need to turn up just to get these games out of the way. And I think those sides will actually already be focusing on the next season, you know, and they'll treat these games almost a bit like, well, we're having practice matches now and we might work on a few things just to see if we can incorporate this next season. So I say, I think, it's going to be really hard to tell who's going to come back firing, who's going to come back not, you know, and it might be that if you've got a side who are play, mainly playing those teams that are in the middle of the table with nothing to play for, you could have a real advantage going into this end of season race, because if they've got nothing to play for, then if you have, you'll probably be putting more into it than they will. Um, but, you know, without crowds there, it's going to be interesting. It could work for us, couldn't it, the home games? Because then, you know, it is that tension there where the home crowd start getting on the on the team's back if things are not going great. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't think we'll know until these games actually get going and we see what the kind of form is like in the first couple. Patrick, with closed doors and the assumption that he doesn't stick around, it means that Jan Vertonghen won't get anything in the way of a fan send-off. You know, last home match, subbed off three minutes from the end, 60,000 people clapping and all that which for a servant of his length will be an almighty shame, won't it? I know, it's, um, yeah, it's actually, you know, it's heartbreaking when you think about it. Jan Vertonghen, you know, Super Jan, he's um he's been with us through thick and thin, if you really think about it. When he first came in, we weren't the Spurs side that we are today. So, you know, he's one of our yeah, most loyal servants and, and been one of our top, uh, top performers over the years. So that will be really sad if he does go, which is looking like that. And um, yeah, and we don't get to give him a, a send off. I hope they do something special for him on social media. I hope they're working on that behind the scenes. I'm not sure what it will be, but hopefully Tottenham come up with something nice uh, where we can interact with him through social media and give him a send off that way. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Patrick. I mean, he will get something. He just, I think he deserves something a bit more fitting, especially for his length of service. Then again, Cole, if we go back to the point about the market changing, will Yang get a decent wage elsewhere? Because obviously, that sort of big money contract he might have been dreaming of probably won't materialise now. So will he now think to himself, actually, do you know what? Let's have one more year, wait for it all to dust down, and then I'll finally get my big money move. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there there could possibly be a lot of players who were probably on the verge of moving. Um, 
And given, you know, I said, given all the circumstances now, I think there may be lots of players who actually go, "Mm, I'm not so sure I want to make a move just yet. If I can still hang around for a little bit longer, um, let's just see how everything pans out and what the future kind of holds here for football. And also, as you say, given the fact that there might be a lot of clubs around the world now that go, well, listen, you know, we, we could have offered you this before, but right now with a financial situation, we can't offer you that sort of money. Um, you might be better staying where you are. So I definitely see, you know, there could be some moves that were potentially planned that have now kind of, you know, hit the buffers and everyone saying, let's just hold fire and uh, stay where we are just for now. With that said, Holly, you've just been appointed director of football. You're in charge of the contracts. Are you giving Jan another year or... Did his performances pre-hiatus just suggest that Father Time has finally caught up with him? It's a tough one. Obviously, my heart would say to keep him for another year. But being realistic, I think his time has pretty much come to an end. I mean, with the likes of Tanganga coming up the ranks, I know lots of people don't really like Davison Sanchez, but I think he's a good centre-back in that respect. I mean, his legs have gone to play um, in that left-wing-back position. So, yeah, if I was the director, I'd probably give him a send-off now. Yeah, I can certainly see everyone's viewpoint on this one. I think if he does stay, no one's going to bemoan that too much. If he does go, I think there will be an acceptance that this is his time. For him personally, he's caught between a bit of a rock and a hard place. That big wage that he was hoping from elsewhere probably won't materialise. Also, just the uncertainty of moving to a new country in his current climate is a bit disconcerting. That is not so appealing. So I think, and all things being equal, I think he probably will stay now just for the uncertainty around football and the footballing world. I think one more year, given the serve-off he really deserves, and that will be that. However, Patrick, I want to talk about someone else who might be coming in. It's Chelsea's Willian. Now, personally, I'd rather buy Will I Am because I'm not a big fan of this. I don't really want to see it. Not only because I just think, do we really need him? But also, he's already burnt our fingers once by not turning up to complete a move. Football fans have very short memories. Are we prepared to forget about this one? I share your sentiments, and I wrote something on Twitter a few weeks back, uh, so a few weeks ago, saying that you know I would rather slip my wrist, basically, <laughs> in in PG terms, right. than take him back. There's no way I'd want to see William at our club after what he did to us before. I, I couldn't handle it, so no, you know, I mean, yes, he's a winner, yes, he is a decent player, but I do honestly think that we can get better than um than Will I am right now in terms of a younger player with a bigger ceiling and even better players than him anyway. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to see him at our club. Definitely not. Holly, would you have him at the club? If we go back to our initial question about positional priority, do we even need the Brazilian? I wouldn't personally have him. Like, we've all had the same sentiment. Like, we paid all that money for his flight. He came over and he decided to go to Chelsea. So, for me, like... No, and like you said, it's not a priority. We don't need him. Cole, obviously Mourinho is the obvious link here, but do we need to move away from signing players of this ilk just because they want to stay in London? It's almost a move out of convenience for them rather than desire for us. Oh, well, I'm different than all of you by the looks of it because I, I'd actually take William oh. um, quite happily. Um, if you offered me him over potentially some young 21 French um, 21 year old French player from the French League uh, with some potential... Um, given based on the signings we've made in the past, or William that could come off the bench, maybe, you know, take that some burden off the front players, Kane, etc., then I'd happily have him 
there because I still think he's got a little bit to offer. And like I say, I prefer to see someone like him brought in with his experience and that know-how of winning things um, and his talent, which I still think he's got enough of for another season at least, um, over the potential signings we've made in the past that end up coming to nothing. I understand where you're coming from, Cole. We all want winners rather than Clinton and G. But because we've had our fingers burnt before, is this a route we want to go down once more? I can, I don't say, I can understand the kind of, you know, animosity towards him. Um, I just kind of think at the time, you know, it, it was, you know, one of those things, you know, it's the same as with the uh, Manny Petit, isn't it? You know, came around, looked around, looked like it was a done deal, got in a cab, went to Arsenal, was probably offered double the money that we were offering him. Um, so thought, well, yeah, I'll come. It's all about money. I'm going to take the, the double my money. Um, you know, Yes, there is a bit of animosity, but at the end of the day, I'm one of those. If he was to pull a shirt on for us and start doing the business and score some goals, then uh, that's all forgotten. I'll get his name printed on the back of my shirt, get his tattoo <laughs> if we win us a league or cup, you know, <laughs> and, and enjoy saying to those Chelsea fans, yeah, look, but he come to us and look what he did for us. I mean, let's be honest, it's a very strong debate. What I will add, though, is that football fans as a whole are very fickle and have incredibly short memories. With that said, Patrick, if Willian does come to the club and we win some silverware, it doesn't matter what, but if he's lifting a trophy, are you singing his name and getting behind him? I mean, to be honest, if you look at it, Jose Mourinho is our manager and he's the yeah. manager who snatched Willian, uh, Willian from us. So, you know, it, it's, it swings and roundabouts. I mean, we celebrated when Adebayor scored for us and we all know who he's played for. And look at Willian Gallas, he's played for Chelsea and Arsenal. So, you know, it's... I w if I'm being honest, I rather wouldn't see him in a shirt, but I do understand and get where Carl's coming from. And he is a he is a he is a good talent and he is a proven winner. And that's something that we don't really have in our team. So I can I can see it from both sides, but me myself personally I would rather not see him in our shirt. But I would of course if he signs I would uh, support him and back him hundred percent. Well this is it, Holly. You might not want him to join but at the same time, if he's in Tottenham colours, you've got to get behind him because it's for the good of the team. Oh, of course. If they, if they put that shirt on, I'll, I'll support him to the, the cows come on, basically. But, um, yeah, no, like I say, if he, if he does put that shirt on, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I'm going to be a, a sulky little person and not want to support him. But personally, I, I, I don't want to see him in a Tottenham shirt just because I don't think it's necessarily the position we need to improve on just yet especially with the situation we're in right now with covid and everything yeah for me i just don't know where william fits because obviously you've got players like lucas bergvine there might be some transition but obviously bergvine's not going to leave lucas maybe maybe that's the switch one brazilian for another but you know is it our main priority arguably not yes he's a winner but do we really need him i don't know i think it's going to split opinion like i said we'll sort of talk about this one more over the weeks to come however let's finish with a loser and cole it's not quite on the level of Dominic Cummings, but Serge Aurier has broken lockdown rules by getting his hair cut, and this is the third time he's fallen foul of these rules. Now, when you combine this and his footballing aptitude, or lack thereof, does he just lack common sense as a human being? I think, obviously, you know, yeah, he's made some decisions where you just go, oh, wow, you know, you've had a brain freeze there, haven't you? You know, that, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. But then at the same time, you know, you do have to laugh because, yes, he's had a trim, 
Um, but then, you know, you're getting pictures of Lamella posted where he's got his hair completely blonde and you're sitting there thinking that wasn't done at home. Uh, that's a professional <laughs> job. Um, so, so all of a sudden, no one seems to be on Lamella's back to sort of say, well, listen, if you've done that at home, you've got a job after football, that's for sure. Um, so no one's really seemed to care where he's got that done, have they? But I, I do think in this instance, there's probably been you know, the opportunists that say anything Serge does will jump on him for because, you know, yes, he's got two previous, you know, mistakes during lockdown. This is a third. I do think, you know, he is one of those characters where you are going to sit there throughout time going, what is this guy doing? You know, someone get hold of him. Uh, but for me, the haircut wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Um, and, you know, you kind of just go, well, listen, I'm sure they've all had a trim, to be honest, because if they haven't, they'd be looking like me right now and looking like the council <laughs> and done their part for them. Uh, so, yeah, I think on this one, I don't think it's the biggest issue, but he does need to just try and get get himself out the out the press for the wrong reasons and into it for the right reasons. Is that what it ultimately boils down to, Patrick? The fact that he does erratic things on the football pitch, he does silly things off the pitch, that he becomes a much easier target than someone such as Eric Lamella. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, he's he's the guy that does something that he knows he's not meant to do, and then will post on social media. So it's just like. Just why why do it? Why put it out there for everyone to critique you and, you know, go against you? Because um, we, we can all see there's quite a few players that have got haircuts, but they're not out there posting everything they do on social media for people, you know, for the backlash to come in. So, you know, with his performances and his off the court, off the pitch performances, he doesn't make it any easier for himself. But, yeah, it's not the biggest thing in the world. But, um, you know, if you put yourself out there, you are going to get criticised, aren't you? I think this goes back to football fans being fickle. If he's banging out 8 out of 10s every week, no one really cares all that much. Yes, there'll be some comments, but they'll get a lot more leeway. The fact he's erratic as a footballer, like I say, and then he does silly things, it just adds to the melting pot and just adds to the sort of the fury that comes behind everyone's vitriol for, as a fan. Now, Holly, admittedly, there is some forward defender there. Whether it's a good one or not, I don't know. But does someone at the club have to just sit him down and say, look, what are you doing? Why do you keep getting into these scrapes? both on and off the pitch. He is an asset of some form. Yes, he's devaluating himself somewhat, but surely they just need to say, look, get your head together. I mean, no, but the way you look at him, the way he plays, I don't think he's a right back. I think he's more of a right mid. Like, he's just way out of position half the time. And then when he realises, he tries to make a rash decision and take someone out. Like, it's... It's really strange. It's a really weird... I, honestly, I just don't understand Serge Lund. <laughs> that's, that's as fine as I can write it. I just don't understand him at all. Like like we said, the haircut isn't a big issue. It's just the fact he's done it three times. Like, how has how's the penny not dropped in his brain to actually think, hang on, wait a minute, I might be doing something silly here. Let's, let's not post it everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, I think someone needs to sit the man down and just say, look, what's going to motivate you? to try and put these performances in because we, we we believe in you there's something there we just need to tap into it if you believe the rumours he's supposedly been offered out to other clubs for a year and there's been no takers now that says a lot about his aptitude and his mindset on the pitch with that in mind Holly can you see him still at the club when we start next season I mean personally I'd like him gone and I'll pay for the plane ticket but <laughs> but um, I, honestly I'm just uh, but yeah if nobody's like if you say people wanting to come how has nobody like put any feeders out do you know what I mean like that surely says and the rings alarm bells if he's not good enough as a right back and we need to get someone new who's going to take him 
that's what I mean. Like, we need to do better than him personally. And if no one's going to take him, do we do we run the risk of putting him out on the free? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, I can't stand him. Right. That's your lot for this week. A little shorter than 45 minutes, admittedly, but with no football, I don't think we've done too bad. Not only that, but there is a show next week, so I don't want to burn through all the topics. Always leave the audience wanting that little bit more. So I just need to do a bit of admin. Before I thank the guests, I just need to ask you once again for your questions. Same again as this week would be absolutely great. Not only that, but if you like us on Apple, please leave a review so we move up the league table. Now I need to thank my guests. So first up, Patrick, an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having us. And um, all listeners, please tune in to us on Views TV Official. That's V-I-E-W-S TV Official. And that's on Instagram, Snapchat and Twitter. Ah, free plugs tonight. Right then, Holly, what would you like to plug? I know you're quite active on the old socials. Oh, no, I'm all right. I just muck around on Twitch. I don't do anything that that insane. Um, <laughs> but no, I've really enjoyed coming back on the Coys podcast. I hope to hear from you guys again. No problem, Holly. We will definitely have you and Patrick back in the fold very soon. Carl, I hope you'll be joining me next week. Yeah, definitely, mate. You know, I can plug, you know, if anyone's got a Starbucks, <laughs> they want to send my way, quite happy. Um, and if Serge is listening, I'm more than in need of a haircut, Serge. So send your guy my way. Right, fantastic. Now we've got all the plugs out of the way, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts. Download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.